0: talking up here on the stage, we're going to come back to a lot of these war songs because we're at war. And uh, the church can play defense. And in football, there's something called time of possession. If you spend all your time playing defense, eventually they're going to score on you. We're spending too much time playing defense and we got to get on the offense. That's the best defense. Get on the offense. All right. So we're going to be taking some uh, offensive actions coming up. So on war, Uh, a couple things real quick before we get going on the word. Number one. In two weeks, say two weeks. You got that picture there, Lakin? This man, Nikita Kola, Nikita Kola, the Russian assassin, he's going to be here in two weeks. Uh, not doing a man-up conference. He's just going to come worship with us. I don't even know how the service is going to look. It probably looked like a regular Lost Creek service, but he's going to be with us. And um, it's a powerful day. So if you know somebody that doesn't go to church, yeah, that's what he's going to do. I'm going to... I'm hoping he'll rush I'm hoping he'll put the Russian sickle on Gerald or something. I don't know. We're gonna volunteer Gerald to do the Russian to take the Russian sickle. If you know somebody that doesn't go to church but would think it'd be cool to see Nikita Koloff bring him to church, he'll sign their autograph, he'll take their picture, he'll hug him, and they're gonna get some Jesus in the process, I promise you. That's the cool thing. Now I need Roman Lakin up here like yesterday. Hurry! I, see, they're too cool now. Roman don't even run. He just, he just got his hat and just put it on swaggy. <laughs> you ain't that cool, you dude. Come on. <laughs> I, I wanna, I wanna point out something. Sometimes, sometimes uh, we've been guilty in this church of uh, not praising. You know, the Bible talks about giving honor who honors do, and we don't do that sometimes. We don't want to make people jealous, and I'm sick of that junk. And so, if you're jealous today of other people, maybe you should step up, and uh, uh, and maybe also you should stop comparing yourself to other people because that's the t- worst thing you could do. Maybe you just need to grow up. I don't know, but uh, anyway, on his 40th birthday, something cool happened. You know, 22 years ago, at the age 18, I think you were 18. How old were you at the work camp? 14 years ago. Okay, he's 26. He was incarcerated. And, uh, he's been faithful to prison ministry and he's been, he's preached at lots of prison services. Uh, he's very well liked in prison. <laughs> I don't even know what was funny about that. I must've missed something on that one. They, they like you. They respect you. It's like your peeps. And, uh, but something happened Friday that was cool. We got to go to a new facility. I didn't get to go, but the doors open for this team. And, uh, Roma got to go back to the very facility he was incarcerated in and preach in front of every single man in that unit in that room. And his beautiful wife was by his side supporting him like it should be. And uh, he was I, I know a little bit about what went on because, you know, I got sources. And he was real, and it was real. And real things happened, and what a way to spend your 40th birthday—you'll never forget, right? This couple, you got something you want to say about that?
1: Well, he pretty much said it, right? <laughs> but um, 40 years is is a generation. That's a long time, though, right? So I, that's what that's what the God that's what the Holy Spirit was speaking was—it took me an entire generation, a 40-year cycle, for God to move me into a place where I'm not sitting there but now I'm, I'm there but I'm pouring into and that was a powerful thing because it, it like at first it was I'm there to share my testimony but then it was I'm there to be real to them and reveal myself right and that's when even a correction officer stood up at the end and that's not heard of <laughs> they're usually the, the opposition but there but there he was he was on team you know what I mean and he was telling them that hey this is good you guys listen to this so it was awesome and and I'm praying that we get to continue to go there and God opened that door and even a probation officer came up to me and said I'd like to get with you and talk to you about probation and see what we can do different what's up with that but only God can do that right only God makes those opportunities that wasn't me it wasn't me none of that's me that's all God that's all the power of God right that's Jesus amen
0: and, and, and for the record how many days was, how many years did the children of Israel wander in the wilderness how many years I mean how many days was Jesus tempted in the wilderness 40, 40 in the Bible represents the, the, a, a, a tr- the trial right the, the wilderness he didn't get to pick that date they called us and they set that date you can't tell me God wasn't about the fact that it was His fortieth birthday. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't make that stuff up. And uh, just, uh, I'm proud of this couple, this awesome couple. And I think what they figured out, not to, not to, I don't know, uh, but I'll just say it. Is that when you minister together, it's a whole different level, and these two are clicking right now. And I pray that for God's protection over them, you guys pray for them, and I pray for the same for you in your life. Okay, thank you guys so much. Yes. Thank you so
2: much. And Pastor Heath, while you're making a transition, can you put the can you put that back up there? Mm-hmm. This is something we committed to do. We start doing. God's going to bring a powerful word here, and it's going to change your life. God's going to use it. Can we put that back up there what was that before he, uh, Lakin knows what it is, our pledge, our, our word confession, okay? Let's make our word confession today. You're not who your neighbor says you are. You're not who your past says you are. You are not who your critic says you are you are who God says you are so let's stand if you have the word of God I want you to hold the word of God in your hand and if you don't have the word of God that's fine hold it in your heart okay right here let's make this confession together okay I am who God says I am say with me I am who God says I am I can do what God says I can do I can have what God says I can have. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Do you believe that? Give him one more praise. Come on. We won't be here long, uh,
0: and, and we have been keeping our word on that. And so I just ask, and, I, and, and, and Melissa's got a powerful testimony here in a minute. We're going to give because she was prayed for last week, and God delivered. We're going we're to get to that in a second. Uh, I got a favor to ask, okay, of you for just a minute. If just for a few minutes you could give, give the best attention you could give and be patient, give it a chance. I mean, I know there's so many things we got to do in our lives, and I got so many places I could be and you could be, but we're already here. And what's 10 minutes, 15 minutes extra? Why don't you, Why don't we together agree to give God a chance this morning, just for a few minutes, the next few minutes? Hang on to the end and see if God does anything. I mean, if you don't feel that at the end, I don't know what to say. I believe you will if you give him your attention this morning. Not because of anything I could ever do because I'm the least, but because what we're going to be talking about is powerful word of God scripture. And so if you guys can just hang with us for just a minute. We're going to read in the Gospel of John. Just give him a chance. Just hang on to the end. You know, it's like, it's like watching that Appy State ball game last night when Jake and Granddad were jumping around. They about broke their legs. A lot of people turned that TV off before that Hail Mary last night. But we're, we're crazy enough. We hold on to the end. I don't know why. Yeah. But, but some people will hold on to the end, and some people will cut out early. Don't cut out early, Okay. Don't miss it, what God's got. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be as quick as I can. The Gospel of John 19, just a few verses here to start with. Gospel of John 19. Happy fall, y'all. You guys know this week is the first day of fall, four days from now, or three, t- 22nd, whatever day we're on now. Fall's here, and summer's over. So if you want to stand for the reading of the word, we're going to read from the Gospel of John 19 and verse 25. We're going to be talking about a very serious moment in the history of the world. We're going to be reading just two or three scriptures when Jesus was hanging on the cross. Okay? Very important, very serious moment. Jesus has already ministered his last earthly ministry in the flesh, and he's hanging on a cross. So here we go. Standing near, say near, near. the cross. Let me say it again. Standing near. Near the cross were Jesus' mother, that's Mary or Miriam, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas. Some people think that's James and John's mom, and Mary Magdalene. Three Marys. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here's your son. And he said to this disciple, Here's your mother. And from then on, the disciple took him into his home. You may be seated. the end of it does it seem to you guys that summer just started i I think you know maybe kids i don't know if it's just the time that people say time's going faster now i don't know if time's going faster now for kids or if it's just we're getting older now and so time's going faster when you get older i don't know which is the truth but time is going fast it used to seem like summer lasted forever it used to seem like a school year was an eternity when you're a kid in school right but, but now it just seems like we just started summer. Do you know that I was only on a boat like twice this summer? Do you know that? Do you know we had zero campfires? You know that? All the stuff that we promise each other that we'll do that's important for our family. And honestly, to you guys, confessional, we did a big fat F. It just wasn't important enough to you and me, okay? It wasn't important enough to you, apparently. You know, that's just the truth because it's so fast right now. Everything is going so fast. And we always think we got another week, and sometimes you run out of weeks. And summer's over, and it's fall. And, and, and I wanna read the lyrics of a song. Sal, are you in the room? I always talk to Sal when we sing songs, and he, I don't even know if he's in the room right. Every time I call on Sal, he's out of the room. It's, <laughs> oh, there he is, Sal! Give it up for Sal! Sal Don Henley, who, who is Don Henley? Some guy played in some group named uh, Eagles. Okay, I don't know who that is. Some, I, I, I'm too saved for that. I don't know who that is. My brother over there knows who that is. Probably got the, the vinyl. There's a song that many of you've heard. I'm going to read a couple of lyrics. I'm not going to sing it. Thank God. And it might remind you of your weekend or your yesterday. It says this. Nobody on the road, nobody on the beach. I feel it in the air. The summer's out of reach. Empty lake, empty streets. The sun goes down alone. I'm driving by your house, though I know you're not home. It goes on to say, I can tell you my love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer are gone. Anybody ever heard that song? You know, I, I drive by the fairground out there on Hurricane the Virginia-Kentucky Fair. When I was a kid, it was the biggest show in town, man. And it used to be bigger than it is. Now it really did. used to, if you hit like the light where, uh, like McDonald's is now, there wasn't a McDonald's, that area, it was already, well, there wasn't even that area, even, the road wasn't even built. But you know, it was built back back to there. It was stop and go all the way through town to get to the fairground. And, and as a little boy and my mom, I don't know why she did that. I guess she wouldn't embarrass me this morning, but some of you got a picture of randomly of me as a child. I don't know why she would want to do that. I'm sorry that I, I ruined your breakfast or she ruined your breakfast. But as a little boy, that thing looks so huge. You go to that thing and it was lights and rides and people and it just seemed like you were scared to lose your mom and dad cuz it was so I mean did, did you guys go to that it was a big deal and the rides were big and the games and and it was it seemed like this to me it seemed like Disneyland but then now as an adult if I drive by there not during the fair just the fairgrounds like today it's so And I don't mean this in a bad way to make fun of it. It's kind of sad. Because it's empty. And it's small. And there's no rides. And I look at it and say, is that what I used to think was Disney World? It looks like my backyard. I mean, it's not that big. And that's not to insult the thing. I'm just saying, when the circus was in town. It was a lot different experience than when the circus leaves town. Lakin. <laughs> if you're in this room and you're jealous of Laken, tear her up. Give it to her. Hate her guts. I don't care right now. <laughs> first it was the wedding dance, now it's this I'm really starting to feel I'm not bragging on you anymore. Shazam, Sergeant Carter. <laughs> and, and the thing is when you go to the lake in the fall I think you guys were at the lake yesterday when you go down towards the the marinas like Painter Creek, South Holston Lake, in the summer, there's life. There's all these little stands up like a little uh, there's a little cotton candy hot dog place and there's golf carts everywhere and kids out pl- riding bicycles and running it's noise and it's crowded it's fun people are laughing and you go out the lane, there's a thousand boats and you go to the parking lot and you can't find a parking spot it's like this circus is in town but when you go in the fall there's nothing there but water yeah. and sometimes that's better. But it's different after the boys of summer are gone. After summer's over, it looks completely different. It's quiet, solitary. And, and, and you say, well, what, what, what in the world are you talking about all this crazy stuff? Maybe I'm just an old guy starting to think about autumn. Because when you're young, spring seems like it'll last forever, and summer seems like it'll last forever. And Roman, I hate to tell you, you're coming close to fall, friend. And fall's different. I'm not saying fall's bad. Fall's awesome. My wife likes to decorate. She likes fall. I mean, she wants the pumpkins, and she likes all this stuff. She loves the fall. She loves the pumpkin latte. She loves the fall. She loves the moon, North She loves the fall. And I love fall. But fall is a quieter time sometimes. And the noise is gone. And if we live long enough, fall's coming. And then winter. And so I wanted to talk about the life of Jesus for a few minutes and think about the fact that Jesus, you know, we just lost, uh, or she just died, Queen Elizabeth, uh, who'd been a ruler or whatever. They I, I don't even know what she is. She's a monarch, but apparently she has no real power, but it's something. It's a weird thing to me as an American because they don't make any rules, but it's something. Seventy years in power, and she passed away, and they were... You know, it's such a huge deal, and I'm not believing. Apparently, she's a woman of faith, and that's an awesome thing. And she's got all these family that everybody's so fascinated in. If they, if they hiccup, it makes the news. And I want to know what Prince Harry was mad at Prince William about. And I want to know why Meghan is mad with Kate. And I want to know all, you know, all this stuff is such a crazy thing, right? Why do we care? <laughs> and and I'm, not insu- I'm not insulting it. I'm just saying I really ask myself that because I sometimes look at it too. I, I just ask myself, why do I care? Why did I click on that article on the news? Why do I care? You ever done that? Clicked on an article and why did I just do that? I'm just dumber for the experience. and so. But when a royal baby is born, it's a huge deal. When a royal wedding occurs, I still remember like 1981 as a little boy in the middle of the day with my grandmother watching the, the, the Princess Charles and Princess, I mean Prince Charles and Princess Diana. I remember that. It was around the same time as Luke and Laura on General Hospital. A couple of big events, apparently. you know. <laughs> but when Jesus was born, it was pretty quiet, friends. It's quiet night. There were a few people showed up, some shepherds. There were some animals probably. But that night it's pretty quiet. It didn't have a lot of fanfare and noise and excitement and buzz and paparazzi and it's quiet. And did you know most of Jesus' life was quiet? So quiet, we know only one story between the age of a toddler up to 30. That's pretty quiet. That's pretty anonymous. But for three and a half years, he set the world on fire. For... For three and a half years, it got very loud. It got very chaotic. It got very busy. And I don't mean this in a frivolous way, because I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the crowd around Jesus. The circus came to town whenever he came to town. And again, I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the crowd that traveled with him. I'm talking about the noise, the chaos, the controversy, the hope, the excitement, the buildup. When he would come to town, it would change. So I'm going to read a couple of scriptures real quick. Luke 14, 25. Now large crowds were going with him. Mark 5, 24. A large crowd was following in and pressing in on him. Matthew 4, 25. A large crowd followed him. Matthew 14, 13. Jesus tried to get away to himself, and the crowd wouldn't let him. They followed him to his reclusive spot. So many, so 5,000 men followed him as he tried to get away. Fifteen to 20,000 people. He's trying to get away to himself and 20,000 people. Could you imagine a man walking into town and there's 20,000 people following him. You're talking about a circus. They say, oh man, that Lost Creek, they got some rough customers. You ain't seen nothing unless you hang around with Jesus. We look like Mr. Rogers going on over. It's a wonderful day. You know, we look we we, listen, there were some customers when Jesus rolled through town. 20,000 people. You had the sick, you had the lame, you had the outcasts, you had the prostitutes, you had the criminals, you had the thieves, you had the rebels, you had the revolutionaries. You know why? Because people have been told they were nothing their whole life and finally someone gave them some hope finally someone said you matter (laughs) and those people woke up listen it's time we wake up the, the streets devil been telling people, go to sleep, you're nothing. Go to sleep, you're nobody. Go to sleep, nobody wants you. And Jesus says, wake up and let's change the world. You would have had the sick. Now, that, that's a good representation. Imagine 20,000 people falling, God. You imagine somebody walking into wise. There used to be this lady called Lady in Black that would walk. Y'all remember that internet sensation? And people would track her on the YouTube or whatever it was. You yeah, had picture. She ended up at Lost Creek for a service. That was awesome. But uh, and she really did. But could you imagine somebody walks into Wise today? Small village. Walking. And there's 20,000 swarming into the town in the middle of a chaos of 20,000 people one man and some disciples probably as we read about the woman with the issue trying to just keep him from getting crushed to death in the middle of this massive sea of humanity now let's take one thing we, we think the town would like that thing right kind of like Brownsville would like revival forever But, you know, in that time, a sick person was unclean. A sinner was unclean. I would say there's a reason why the religious people didn't like Jesus. Because they didn't like 20,000 people. They didn't want to show up showing up in their town. (laughs) I mean, these people are unclean in their view. They're, they're, They're undesirable in their view. We don't want them around us in their view. Don't we got some other place we can send those people here they are and they don't even care they're just trying to get to the middle of the pile to this man Jesus because there's hope now there were other people in that 20,000 people crowd you you know there were religious people who were just trying to catch him, trying to trick him trying to catch him up in something they were trying to take him out it wasn't just 20,000 people of fans it was 20,000 people, there were people there trying to take him out, trying to trip him up Try, listen, there's people in your crowd sometimes, you think they're your crowd and they're just trying to take you out and you need to wake up <sighs> and not only did you have that don't you think you probably just had some curious people you know, don't act like you all never seen sirens in your neighborhood and drive down like you're going to the store all of a sudden I just got to go get some bread right now 11 o'clock you know nosy. Sometimes we're curious. And and, and many times people come to Jesus because they're curious. Nothing wrong with that. We don't have it all figured out. And so there was this swarm of humanity. The woman with the issue, you guys remember? Could you imagine this type of crowd? And one woman who's weak, anemic, and sick trying, not even supposed to be there, pushing her way, people, person after person after person, just to cry, and just getting that close, and just getting the very edge of his garment. Ah, God, ah, just missed him, but she touched the edge of his garment. What a chaotic crowd. What noise, what pressure on Jesus. We think about this only in a positive, but what kind of pressure would that be? He was just trying to get to himself. He was tired. He was trying to get to himself for a minute. But the crowd wanted more. We always want more. Pushing, shoving, noise, crowd. Will they kill me today? Will they catch me today? Will I be crucified today? What healings will happen today? All this noise and crowd and chaos. A circus like no other circus. And remember, I'm not calling Jesus' tricks circus tricks. I'm saying the people with Jesus would have been like a huge circus of people. Some people would have probably been so far in the periphery would they have even got up to the front. I'm sure the outer levels at night were pretty crazy. (laughs) You know, 20,000 people didn't even know what we're doing here. I'd say a a lot of church folk today would write that off as sacrilegious and and beneath them. One week before the week he, he died, the week he went to the cross, he came into Jerusalem with a crowd cheering. Yes, Jesus, Hosanna, our hope has arrived. There was a crowd around him the whole three and a half years he preached. It was noisy. It was busy. But I want you to pay attention to the scripture I read you in John 19. When he got to the most important moment, the whole reason he came, when he got to this moment where he hung on this cross, when he got to the toughest trial of his entire life, the word says that near him there was four there were (laughs) 20,000 a little bit ago a week ago there was a crowd thousands probably and when he got to the point where it was life or death when it was anguish when it was why have you forsaken me when it was father forgive them they know not what they do when it was blood when it was it was hurt when it was rejection there were four it was his mama I'm very well aware that whoever will be with me at my cross I believe my mama will be one of them no matter how much I might at times disres- I don't know about disrespect but maybe sass her or, or disagree with her or disappoint her I know my mama will be at my cross and Jesus' mama was at his cross his aunt was at his cross the disciple he loved John maybe his cousin, maybe not who knows, possibly, probably but he was there It says near the cross. And then Mary Magdalene, a woman from Galilee who had been rejected, who he cast demons out of. You think when she was demonically possessed, all the churches, all the temples wanted her to do in attendance? You think she was celebrated when she showed up in the temple full of devils? He cast him out, changed her life. And she ended up going with him everywhere and supporting him and supporting him with her finances, supporting him with her love and devotion. And she was there at the cross, she was there at the empty tomb. Four were near. Four drew near. When times get tough, listen. I preach in a lot of prisons. When stuff goes down, they scatter, boys. Your boys scatter on you. Your boy. let me tell you what, this fake gangster mentality, when the the blue lights show up, they scatter. I'm here to tell you, your boys will scatter. Ain't nobody sticking around and saying, oh, it's my fault, I'll take the rap for you. They scatter like roaches. When the time gets tough, very few people will draw near you. When you're accused of something horrible, true or untrue, Very few people will draw nearer to you in that moment. They run like you're yesterday, like you're dirty. Ooh, I don't want nothing to do with him. Ooh. But four, no matter what the cost was going to be to them, pull closer. Now, that's not to say there weren't other people at the cross. There were people jeering and and chanting and mocking him, but they were in a distance. There might have been curious people that came by that day. They put them up on public display for a reason to, to, to kind of make a point to the Jewish people. And so people would have walked by that road and looked up. Some people would have been like, oh, man, that's an awful. Some people were probably so used to it, they look up. Some people were so busy they didn't look up one time we had a nativity in Norton. I talk about this a lot. We had a two hump camel. Only one being in Norton, Virginia in history of life. It was standing on the street, a camel. They had to have a police escort. I stood by it on the street and I saw many people drive by texting on their cell phones and did not even see. They drove past a huge camel in Norton and they didn't even see it. You know how much I'm a a medal. You know how much we miss because of this? Oh, but I've got to keep up. Oh, I've got to connect. Oh, I've got important things I'm doing. You're missing everything that's important in your life. You're missing everything that's important in your life. There'd have been all kinds of people to go by that moment, and and, and there'd have been people who hated for whatever reason. I never have understood why people cheer without a dog in the fight of other people's demise. But they do. I guess same people watch the race, the wrecks in NASCAR, but I do like to watch a few knockouts in boxing. I can't help it, (sighs) Jawan. But why do people cheer when other people fail? Why do people gossip in a fun way like they just like it? It excites them. You heard this news? Did you hear what the preacher did? It's like they enjoy it. Why? There were people cheering when Jesus was being killed. Insulting him in that moment. Why? Are our lives so miserable that when we see other people suffer, it makes us feel better about ourselves? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to be Freud here. I just don't know. But why would there be a crowd cheering on when other people fail? Why would anybody ever do that? Would have been a wild thing to think about that from a crowd of 20,000 plus Jesus had to preach on mountains and out and water pushed off to make amphitheaters because you couldn't even hear him. And yet when a rubber meets the road, four. Our lives, there's very few of us in our lives. They're gonna have 20,000 people, unless we're at a ballgamers concert or something, right? We might be in the middle, but they're probably not there to see me. (laughs) Sometimes when I walk through a crowded ballgame, I say, I think these people are, just to make myself feel good, I I say, I bet these people are here to see Heath Reynolds, you know? You do that, Josh? I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Nobody's there to see me. But we know what it's like to be in a crowd. But very few of us in our lives are going to have 20,000 people scammering around us. But if, if we're truthful, there are seasons of our life where we have a circus around us. And it, and, and it might be a circus with nobody with us <laughs> noise, chaos, bills to pay, pressure, people, rumors, Facebook, Instagram, book. Jobs I got to make this money. I got to make mine. I got to get mine I got to get that woman. I got to get that man. I got to raise these kids I got to put good shoes on their feet. They got to dress nicer than the other kids They got to be prettier than the other kids. They got to hit more home runs than the other kids I got to put all this pressure and it's a chaos around me It's noisy sometimes Even when you're young There's friends, and there's acquaintances, and there's gossip, and there was the girl who was my friend, right? There's the people that turn on you. There's the people that you forget about. There's people, you know what, there's friends I had in school that I never had a fight or argument with, but it just fades off, man. And I'll be honest, I don't even think of them. And I know they don't think of me and it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. I'm just saying there's a, there's a lot in the situation in life where there's all this noise and chaos and stress and the things we do to try to help the stress, they sometimes make the stress worse. And so we spend 24-7 just trying to get the noise. Yes. 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 My job's driving me crazy on this and that. Noisy sometimes. And a lot of things get our attention in the noise. I'll say this in the circus, the loudest act will get your noise. That's why people, that's why certain people have big mouths, because they're part of the noise and they want the attention. But friends, in life, fall comes. Summer ends. The circus leaves town. And we're left with the question, what really matters in life? What really matters? And and I would ask us this question. I'm not trying to play psychology. I'm getting back to Jesus in a minute. But, But I think Jesus wants us to think about something. When you really hit your cross when it's down to that moment I'm not talking about when you need a buddy I'm not talking about when you need somebody to talk to I mean I get that there's those kind of things we get those about once a week right I'm talking about your cross I wonder if all the things we listen to in the noise are really worth it in that moment and I wonder who or what will be there in that moment. What? Who? And are they the same people you spend all that time being concerned about? Or are they the same things that you spend all that time being concerned about? Four. After the boys of summer are gone, who will scatter? And I'm not talking about just people, I am talking about people. But we can talk about things. Ambition, obsession, career, money. Oh, there's pressure to get things. Physique. Used to be only women had body dysphoria. I'm here to tell you, men are right now statistically probably have more body dysphoria than women. I got to get them abs, man. I need, where is my airbrusher? I didn't even go to youth pool party this year because my abs weren't popping. No, I'm just kidding. Somebody's going to quote me on that. That was a joke, by the way. So I say put on a shirt? T-shirt. But these, for a lot of kids or a lot of grown-ups, are important things to them at that moment. Don't matter so much when you hit your cross. Who will scatter when you hit your cross? Who will mock you secretly or in public? Who will be posting your cross on Facebook? Who will be in the corner of the church telling somebody else about your cross? (laughs) Been there, haven't you? Appreciate you, Lord. It means something when people are, I mean, I'm not bad-mouthing anybody. This is not meant to criticize anybody. It's just Josh is engaged here, and that helps me so much. When you're up here pouring your heart out and people are looking at you and making, it just helps. I'm telling you, it does. People scatter. People will mock you. People won't even notice you in your cross sometimes. Sometimes. I'm not talking about going through something. That's that's your wilderness. That's your journey. That's your stress. I'm talking about your cross. In the end, when it matters, you want once. Some people, I got a cross every week. No, that's stress. That's life. That's wilderness. But you will come to your cross. Some won't even notice. Some will walk by doing their own thing. Some will mock you. Some will scatter. And very few will draw near. And and I'm not here to make anybody feel bad or good. Did you see the picture of of all that group of multitude earlier? And look at that. Friends, that's life. Who will be there after the boys of summer are gone? I know it's fun. I know they're cute. <laughs> but when they're gone, who will be there? Fall, y'all. Four people. I will tell you this. Ask you a few questions. Number one, ask yourself this question. Who do I really think will be with at, near me at my cross? Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself a second question. How much do I value them? How much time do I spend on them? And how much time do I pour into them? And if it's not a person, if it's a thing, same thing. How much time do I value this? How much time do I pour into this? I mean, how many hours a day do we spend on noise that won't matter? In ministry, I can say this, and I'm not trying to be mean because some people get called other places. God bless them. I support them. I'll, I'll pray for them. We'll partner together. But there's many people that leave that it's like John 6.66, when it gets tough t- going gets tough, they scatter and they say, No, this is too tough for us. We can't hang. And that's okay too. Nobody's gonna give you a hard way to go. But it seems like when they scatter, they write you off and won't even look at you anymore sometimes. Like, why is that? I mean, why would you go into a store and somebody you've ministered with for years, you know, nothing personal. They're just, whatever, life goes on. Let's go up and bro hug and say, all right, man, I'm praying for you. Why is it so awkward or mean or, I don't get that. I ask you who will be at your cross. Let me ask you a second way. Whose cross will you be at? Because we're a me, me, me people. It's all about, oh, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. What can I do? I want to be this. I want to be that. Oh, it's about me. And if it's not me, I'm mad, Pastor. Ooh, I'm mad. It's me. Whose cross will you be at? Or who will you scatter from? Or who will you not care about? Or get busy and forget about? And I'm not saying the same for me. I'm not, I'm no holier than anybody. I told you, I got friends that used to be my boys that I, I never fell out with them. It's just. And make sure that you understand this. Being at somebody's cross, there's not a single scripture. I'm not saying she wasn't of Mary, the second Mary in the Bible, except at the cross. So I don't even know how much she hung around Jesus. We're not talking about who you hang out with. We're not talking about when you go to the ball game with somebody. We're not talking about when you go on a couple's date with somebody. That's fine if you want to do it. We're talking about who will be at your cross. I don't care who your buddy is. We're talking about who's going to be at your cross and whose cross will you be at. That's a different thing. Because if you're real with yourself, I doubt there's that many people you're going to be at the cross. Or me. Really? Truthfully. There's people that will pour into you. Take abuse from us. And they'll be there anyway. You know who will be at your cross for sure? Jesus. After the circus leaves town and all the lights are down and it gets quiet, says Jesus. After the boys of summer are gone. You go out on that lake yesterday, I don't know if you did. Oh, I guarantee you Jesus was there. (laughs) After all the stuff that matters so much to us passes away, there's Jesus. After Dwayne, it all falls down. You know what's a hard pill to swallow, Dwayne? I think I can talk to you because I think we can. He's there all along. But he was quiet. And we didn't pay attention to him because he was quiet. We paid attention to the noise. And then the noise slips away. and he doesn't say I told you so he doesn't say I was there all along when you were doing all that other stuff he just says I'll take what I can get because I love you Jesus He was there during the noise. He was there during the circus. We just didn't notice him. He's the most, the scripture says, Matthew 28, 20, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world or age, the end of the world. I think the cross is pretty much the end, unless you're a believer and it's just the beginning. He'll be with you at your cross. But here's a situation just like those people, like our parents, like our spouses, like our different people that we, in our busyness. You ever get kids, get about 20? They call you about once or twice a month, uh, six months. (laughs) And I'm not beating up. I got the best kids in the world. I promise you I do. But I mean, I was that way anyway. I mean, that's just life. (sighs) But you know what? I neglected the two that would never let me down. And do you want to be real? They just wasn't important enough in my circus. Because the noise. And Jesus, I grew up on Jesus. But I sure didn't think about him for a decade or so. Did you? (laughs) But he was there. And he was loving me anyway. Waiting.
2: Waiting for this day. Do we see what matters?
0: We think we do, and then we preach messages like this, and we leave. It's like we preach a message on Konania, and we leave, and people start complaining. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> do we get this? The noise and busyness of your life. Jesus will be at your cross. He already went to the cross once for you. He went for the Father to make things right, to make a path, but he also bore our sins. He also bore your pain. He also bore every bad thing you ever did. He's already put on his back and hung on that cross. So you want to know who who will be at your cross? The one who already went to your cross. The one who already went to your cross. Wow. Jesus. He will be there. So I think what Holy Spirit and we're about to close is trying to do is maybe have us ca- calibrate our life a little bit. And I'm not talking about do more church stuff or do less church stuff or do more Bible reading or do less, that. That if you get relationship, all that will work itself out. I'm not even going to text you. I mean, I'll text you if I worry about you. But if you, you know, if you're, I'm not the kind of guy that just. I'm, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just not the kind of guy that micromanages. But I do miss you when you're not here. We talk about it and we say, oh, okay, not in a bad way. We just say, oh, it's so-and-so. Okay. Have you heard from so-and-so? Because we love you. It's not like I'm trying to micromanage your life. I don't care where you had dinner last night. I don't care where you went on vacation. I don't care what if you're you know, I don't care. It's not that I don't care like I'm like flipping. It's just I don't want to micromanage your life not my right to micromanage your life. It's not my right. But, you know, I do think sometimes Holy Spirit needs to calibrate us and say, are we really focusing our time? You you know, Craig Rochelle says you can find out who somebody's God is by their checkbook and their day planner meaning what they spend the most time on and what they spend the most money on. Everybody says, I'm Jesus first, but when they look at their day planner, they got five minutes of Jesus and 30 hours of work and and, and stress about work and looking for work and all this other, or, or, or fighting with relatives or fighting with churchmates or stress or arguments or Facebook drama or, or sports and nothing wrong with either. I love me some sports. But maybe sometimes we have to calibrate our lives and start thinking about who will be at our cross. Now, you're still called to minister and be a neighbor and minister to people who won't be at your cross. (laughs) You're called to be a neighbor, not just a brother, not just a friend. You're called to be a neighbor. And and, and you're called to love on people that will never reciprocate it. So don't get me wrong saying don't, don't just don't pay no attention to nobody else except the real close people. No, I'm not saying that. But we do need to, it tends to me, seems to me, that we tend to give those people the least amount of our focus. And maybe we need to calibrate a little bit. And in the midst of caring for those who will never care back, and loving those who will never reciprocate, and being a good neighbor like the Samaritan, and all those things, maybe we could spend a little more time with the few that will be at our cross, including Jesus. And maybe that's what God is calling us into. And maybe some of these problems that we think are so bad would go away. Because I'll tell you this, we're we're finishing. The noise is not healthy. And the noise will put, there's a season for a circus. (laughs) It can be fun for a while. But the circus, the noise will tell you you're nothing. The noise will tell you you're an addict. The noise will tell you you'll never be nothing. The noise will tell you you're not free. The noise will tell you you're less than. The noise will tell you you're junk. The noise will tell you you're trash. The noise will beat you down. But Jesus says, you are the apple of my eye. You are more than a conqueror. You have purpose. You have destiny. You matter. I love you. I died for you. And I'm sitting here waiting for you. I'll give you some news when God created the world there was the word the word let there be light the word spoke creation when you were created Jeremiah 1 5 Jesus was there and the fact that you're still sitting here I can promise you he's not went anywhere he's still here and he's still about you and he still loves you and he will never leave you nor forsake you and he'll be there in the end now, that song, Boys of Summer, I'm done. I just want to finish up. What it's about, <sighs> it's about an earthly love and a crush, maybe, about a guy who gots this girl. But in the summertime, they must live in a lake town. All these good-looking boys come and work at the marina. <sighs> they don't want to wear their shirts off. They Get all the attention. I'm not trying to be vulgar. Listen to me. Listen to me. It could be girls too. This song's just Don Henley wrote it, you know. And this guy's sitting here saying, I can't compete with that. But after they're gone, my love's still here. When I was a kid, there be school dances. And I'm not even talking about romantic. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about you. Can I talk to you girls? Can I talk to y'all girls? It, it, can, be, it can be dating, but when you're young, you really don't date. I mean, it's fake. It's just, but it could be friends. It's a, lot, a lot of times it's friends where you'll have this great friend who's there for you. And all of a sudden, the next popular tear up, the next tear up on the popularity scale, starts giving one of them a little attention. A little bit attention. tension. Woo, now I'm getting popular to, But what about this friend's always been there? And so then that kid will go. And they'll try to win those popular kids. And they'll start dressing like that popular kid. And all of a sudden they're not even texting that friend who's been there since the first grade. But they're embarrassed, they're embarrassing. They're, they're embarrassing. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm cool and they're embarrassing. But what happens when that group of kids turns? they're alone after the boys of summer are gone when it all falls down there's Jesus you see that 20,000 crowd can I get real they're a lot like us there were 20,000 around him when they wanted something See that man walking through town who was touching blinded eyes and they were popping open. He had something they wanted. But the one hanging on the cross bleeding didn't offer that crowd very much. But you know what they missed? They needed the Jesus on the cross. More, more than they needed the Jesus in the circus. More than you need a new job, more than you need a million dollars, more than you need a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, more than you need whatever it is you're looking for here today. People usually come to Jesus wanting something. We're the crowd. Let's get real. I'm hoping we can transition to the ones that drew near at the cross. But if we're real, if I'm real with myself, I'm the crowd. But when we really understand that all that stuff they were seeking goes away. <laughs> oh, you need a healing? Awesome. God healed you. You want to die again? <laughs> do you get that? Do you get that? I mean, eventually we die unless Jesus comes back. I mean, it's awesome, Dwayne, that we got another chance. That it gives us a little more time to do some good things and rewrite our story. And that's awesome. But we're going home one day, right? We're going home one day. But you know what you need is the Jesus on the cross because he will be there in the end and he will change your life and he will make it so there is no end. And after the boys of summer are gone, there will be Jesus, I promise you. (laughs) There will be Jesus. There will be Jesus. There will be Jesus. There will be Jesus. Jesus. So maybe the proper question and conclusion is not whose cross we will be at. But maybe the proper thing is understanding that He will be at our cross, and maybe it's the point that instead of who we can draw to our cross, of who we can draw to His cross, and maybe He's calling us to draw in. Maybe He's saying the crowd's cool, the worship's cool, the fellowship's cool, the poppin's cool. But right now, maybe he's wanting you to draw in closer to him. And just like Roman found out, he spent a lot of years trying to open doors on his own ambition. I hope he doesn't mind me telling that. If he did, he can get over it. They wouldn't open. Never. Never. Dead in. Dead in. Dead in. But when you draw near and align your heart, all of a sudden doors start opening. At least the the ones that need to open. So I'm sorry to my parents for not making more time this summer. My sister, my wife, and my kids, and my daily life. But I'm more sorry to Jesus. And I want to do more about that. Whether it's in a service or out of service, it's just about being close to Him. And so what I think He wants us to do today... I, I don't think it's a big, crazy, wild thing and, and, and scare you and, and, and fall out on the floor, although if you want to, if, if the Holy Spirit moves that way, that's I ain't stopping nobody. I'm just saying, I think he wants to give us all an opportunity to draw near if that's what you want. If that's what you want today. To draw near him. Spend a little time at the cross. Can I ask you to bow your head? Thank you for being patient. You guys did an awesome job. I know I'm... Goofy. Regan better be the first one at the altar, and I'll start naming reasons. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Is there anybody in this room that has a little room? You could be a little closer to the cross, or is it just me? You know, everybody else is right at the foot, clinging on. Is there anybody in this room that says, I need to be closer to the cross. Is there anybody in this room that says sometimes I jump after the mean girls, (laughs) the boys of summer, and I need to get my life calibrated again, and I need to focus on what's more important in my life. I need the noise out of my life. And not all noise is bad. Not all noise is like sin. Like You know, it can be, but it can be just life. Is there anybody that says, I need to focus more on him and less on the noise? If you would just raise your hand, I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not going to be mean to you. I won't embarrass you. I promise you. Thank you for being vulnerable. I hope you can tell I've been vulnerable with you. And I hope you'll be vulnerable with him. I'm going to count to three in a second. And those that raised your hand those that didn't, for whatever reason, it's Okay. He knows your heart. (laughs) The hand's just a step to make it easier to make the next one, but he already knows your heart. He knows where you are. And he loves you anyway. He's still there. (laughs) He knows everything we did last night, and he's still here loving us. It's crazy. And when we make him our scapegoat, he loves us anyway. He doesn't go anywhere. So I'm going to count to three, and I want, when I get to three, I want everybody to stand. And just quietly, with no big mess, no point you out, no body bother you, I'm going to invite you to come forward and come to the cross and say, God, I'm sorry. I want to spend more time with you, and I want to get to know you better. And I'm so glad you'll be there at my cross. <laughs> And I want to be there with you. So if you want, if that's what you want today, if you want to recalibrate your life, put your hands back up. There were hands all. Over. Put them back up. Put them back up. Proud. Just keep them up. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. He's so proud of you. Some of you ain't felt proud in a while. He's proud of you. One, two. When I get to three, everybody stand and you just come forward. We're just going to pray quietly together. Three. Come on. Just come on. Just come on. Just come forward. It's going to be. You're going to feel so good. You're gonna feel so good. Come on. Come on. Every hand that was raised. Nobody's gonna mess with you. Nobody's gonna embarrass you. (laughs) Come on. Just come and spend a little time. We're gonna pray together. We're gonna pray together. Oh, amen. Just come on. Just come on. Just come on. There's always room. And if there's if there's a ministry team could just find somebody to pray with. I just don't want you to pray alone. Not to harass you, but to love on you. And oh, we've got some testimony coming too. I can't wait. But right now, just you and Jesus. Just you and Jesus. All over this room. Just you and Jesus. Draw near oh Jesus thank you for being at my cross thank you for taking my cross for dying for me for bleeding for me I thank you that you are loyal you are true and when those turn their back and gossip you never will even when it's true you won't Jesus, you stay knowing the truth. Oh, Jesus, comfort people in this room. Let us recalibrate our lives. Let us make you the focus, the center of our lives. (laughs) And let the chips fall where they may. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You are awesome, you are true.